Christ is risen. Yeah, that's not the answer. Okay, do you not know this? Okay, you don't know this. Christ is risen. The answer is he is risen indeed. Okay, so Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. You don't sound like you believe that. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. It's better. I think we could do better yet if we go Greek. Okay, so I'm quarter Greek. That's part of where I get my Mediterranean fire. All right, I'm half German. That's where I get my desire for structure and order and maybe my cruelty, okay? And then I'm quarter Polish, that gives me my toughness, right? And then I'm quarter Greek, all right? So the Greeks say this, Christos anesti, that's Christ is risen, right? And then the response is alithos anesti. So Christos anesti, alithos anesti, Christos anesti, alithos anesti. You can't say that and not feel it. If I'm walking around the campus and I say to someone, Christos Anesti, you better be like, Alithos Anesti. Friends, you're thinking I'm just crazy. We're crazy to not believe that. We're crazy to not let that truth claim our whole lives and change everything about our lives. Because the resurrection does that. If we really believe that Jesus Christ is risen from the dead, that he's alive and risen from the dead, everything changes. We need to claim that truth and live it as if it were true, because it is true. Why? Well, here's why, in a very practical way. The last two and a half years, every human heart, almost on the planet, has been assaulted by fear. Some of it founded, but we're not meant to live in fear. And here's the problem. Fear, once it enters the human heart, doesn't just stay in a compartment. It bleeds out into everything. And we're going to see the consequences of the fear that has been sown in the human heart for years, if not generations. You got little kids. Who are, whose parents are afraid to have them play with other little kids. What do you think that looks like down the road? We just, just turn the page, right? And granted, some of that is founded, okay, but some of it's not. And this, fear should never dominate our hearts. No Christian, no real Christian, no person who has met the risen Lord in a real way should have fear dominate his or her heart. Should we be afraid of certain things? Yeah. Sin. Separation from God. Wasting our lives on stupid things and not becoming saints. Yeah, we should be afraid of those things. But the other stuff, including death, no. The first Christians who knew the risen Lord, who experienced him, and then those who believed through their word, they weren't afraid to die. They weren't afraid of sickness. They weren't certainly afraid of finals or picking the wrong major or not having a date 
or getting asked out on a date when you don't want to go on the date with that person who asked you on the date. They would have looked at all the modern anxieties that plague us and been like, yeah, but you're a Christian, right? What's wrong with you? Why are you afraid? Because they had met the risen Lord. And that Lord is alive. He is alive. He is risen from the dead, and he is alive. Jesus, the risen Lord, loves entering places of fear. That's the gospel for tonight. He comes right into the place of fear. The apostles are afraid, and some of their fears are founded. They saw their leader dragged off, tortured, and murdered. They're afraid of what could happen to them. But Jesus, he doesn't hold off and let them hide in fear. But rather, he goes right to them and right through the obstacles they had put up to keep themselves safe. He goes right through. He doesn't knock. And he doesn't batter the door down. He just passes right through the locked door. And then what does he do? Peace be with you. Peace be with you. Now, my friends, don't think for a second that that peace is just like, oh, everything's fine. Quick story. One year on pilgrimage, we went up in Assisi, above Assisi, to the Hermitage where St. Francis spent a, a great deal of time in prayer and contemplation. And there's friars and sisters there of the Franciscan order to receive pilgrims such as our group. And we never know what you're going to get, but we got one year just a fantastic German Franciscan, Sister Angela. I'll never forget her. I'll never forget her eyes in particular. They were alive, like electric blue, with the, the charge of the divine life in them. And as soon as I met her and introduced myself and said, yeah, we have this group of college students, I knew it was going to get real good. Normally what they do is they take, you know, like, like do a nice tour of the history of the place, all this stuff, right, and, and, and show you know, students, Francis lived here, and then after a while, you know, it expanded, and, and, and it expanded, and expanded over time, and this is what we have now. She took 30 seconds doing that. It was like, yeah, Francis came here, he prayed here. And then she just looked at the group, and she said, I want to talk to you about the spiritual life. And I'm like, here we go. Buckle up. She said, did you notice the sign that graced the door the archway that you walked under when you came in, and, and some of our students did. And it says on there, Ubi Deus, Ibi Pax. Where there is God, there is peace. Ubi Deus, Ibi Pax. She said, I want to talk to you about the peace of God. She said, that peace is unlike any other peace in the world. That's the peace that comes after having fought and won. That's the peace of God, the peace that comes from after having fought and won. And so when Jesus shows up and he says, peace be with you, this is the peace that comes after him having fought and won. Every battle that could plague the human heart, every doubt, every dis-ease of the soul, every sin that keeps us in slavery, he fought that battle already and has won. 
And so that's why he says, peace be with you. And that peace changes everything. Three times, peace be with you. Because he's won the fight. That's why, my friends, we should not be afraid. We cannot be afraid. If we've actually met the risen Lord, we cannot be afraid. Because he's fought every battle you will face. And he's already won. And he wants to extend to you that gift of peace, knowing that he has won. It changes everything. It changes everything. We're afraid, though. And we're afraid because in the human heart, the battleground is very real. It's a battleground between fear and trust. Will we give in to fear and become enslaved to those fears or will we step forward in trust? Trust is hard, though. Trust involves vulnerability. Trust involves vulnerability. Anytime you've ever trusted someone, you've been vulnerable to them. Now that word in English comes from a word in Latin, vulnus, which means wound. If you trust, you'll be vulnerable. You may get wounded, but certainly you will have your wounds revealed. If you trust anyone at any real depth, they will see that not everything in your life is perfect, that not everything in your life is as it ought to be, that there are some real struggles and real difficulties. You'll be vulnerable. Now, we can pretend that we're not, and that's what we do in this culture, we're terrified of having our vulnerabilities exposed. So we put on a good front and we play the game and then inside anxiety and fear eats away until finally something comes that hits the facade and the whole thing comes crashing down. Well, we could pretend or we could let the Lord address that because the risen Lord has wounds. The risen Lord is vulnerable, even though he's conquered sin and death. The risen Lord, who rose from the dead bodily, has wounds in his feet, in his hands, and especially in his side. He's vulnerable. But it's by his wounds that we are healed. Isaiah 53.5, by his wounds, we are healed. Wounded, yes, all of us. Everyone here has wounds, but so too does Jesus. And he says, come to me with your wounds. See, if we trust then fear starts to recede. But the main move, and it's a difficult one, is whether or not we can trust the Lord with our wounds. And if we can, then everything changes. 
Then just as through his wounds, his mercy and his peace enters the world, so also through our wounds will we be able to receive that mercy and peace, which is the peace that comes after having fought and won. And then in due season, we extend that mercy and that peace to the world. Jesus loves. He takes the place of fear where the apostles are, and he turns it into a place of mission. They're terrified and afraid, seeking only their safety. And how many people have put safety at the front of the list? It's not how to live. There's no life in that. He comes into that place and changes it. As the Father sent me, so I send you. And those very men who were so afraid, all of them save John, will give their lives for the Lord, for his people, for the faith, for the church. All of them save John. because they let the Lord touch their wounds. A quick word about Thomas. I love Thomas. Thank God for him. One of the great saints said, Thomas, in his doubting, did more for our faith than all the other apostles who didn't doubt. Thomas, he's not there with them when Jesus appears. And then Jesus comes. When Thomas is there, after he's made his request, not his request, his demand, unless I put my hand in his hand and my finger in his side, I won't believe. Those are the conditions. That's what, that's what it's going to take. So Jesus shows up again, passes right through the locked doors. Peace be with you. And then he says, Thomas, put your finger here. See my hands. Bring your hand and put it into my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believe. Jesus goes right to the heart of Thomas's wounded faith. And he says, Come and touch my wounds. Come and touch my wounds. And then Thomas is healed. And he gives the best and shortest prayer in all of Scripture. My Lord and my God. Well, friends, pray for a grace to trust our Lord, to not be so afraid, to trust him, and to trust him especially with your wounds, to be vulnerable with him, Because as you are, he will always be vulnerable with you. And by his wounds, you will be healed. By his wounds, we are all healed. And healed people aren't afraid. Healed people are full of life and freedom and joy. Exactly what the world needs. So Christ is risen. Indeed, he is risen. Live as if that truth were true, because it is.